millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also, small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Here's to the ones that keep the passion, respect. Oh yeah, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. France are through to the World Cup final. It's Thursday, 15th of December. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Eddie Brassel. Hi, everybody. That was a little lyric from the song Dreamers, which is one of the uh, World Cup anthems, you know. I right. knew that, actually. Did you? Yeah, I did. Sing the rest of it, then. <laughs> There's more than one World Cup anthem. Uh, I said anthems just to cover myself in case there was, but okay. it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely an anthem of the World Cup. Some might say the anthem. You sound very chipper this morning. Should I? I don't know. I mean, you see you see on the running order that you're going to be with Andy and Lukey. Does that make you happy? Yeah, very much so, yeah. Either that or Secret Frenchman. <clears throat> yeah. Seek, I think, well, uh, we'll get to that, Andy. And we'll get to it right now because they beat Morocco 2-0. They're in the final yet again. Didier Deschamps is the fourth manager to lead a team to back-to-back World Cup finals. France are the first side to reach consecutive finals since Brazil in 2002, when, of course, Brazil reached three in a row. But France are aiming to be the first side to retain the World Cup since Brazil in 1962. There's the facts, Andy. Whatever you say... It's impressive. Get them out of the way. Yeah. The facts. Because a lot of podcasts will do a whole all facts. 
<laughs> just, it's the whole whole thing. It's well, just strongly not the brand, is no, it? No, not here. No, no. 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 Facts of the enemy. That's what we've got up on the on the on the uh, studio wall. I, I know you and I, Marcus, are broadly in agreement in that it was. Oh, this will be good. Not easy. Because that means I'm not. Remember, we're not to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. It's some people think they're innocent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what he's talking about, Andy. You carry on. In that, I would say that obviously it was not easy for France. It was not plain sailing, and it tends not to be plain sailing for France. And you can go back to 2018 and make broadly the same point, even if the the team slash squad has evolved, which I think is is, is one of the issues. I think it has been slightly overcooked. <clears throat> just how much difficulty Morocco had them in. Yeah. If it felt to me, even though Morocco had nearly two thirds of the possession, mm-hmm. France had a reasonable handle on most of the game, and they could have put it away by half time. He what? loves France, does our Andy? Yeah, he loves France. <laughs> he loves France, does our Andy? But when it comes to Morocco, yeah, right. yeah, Andy, we know that you spent a lot of time in France. You used to live in Lyon, and you speak French. Yes, um, but that it is... also means that I know a lot of Moroccans. <laughs> okay, that's no, fair, no, actually. No, that's yeah. fair. he's got you there, but. Just like you overrated Croatia, are you overrating France a little bit? I don't think it's a case of overrating. Mm. Uh, I think it's a... Uh, you don't uh, think they're in trouble at any point? Well, okay, so... No, I didn't say they weren't in trouble at any point. I said they had they, they had a handle on most of the match. I think there were, there were 20 minutes where they lost the thread badly mm-hmm. in that second half. But they were never in the same amount of trouble as they were against England, for example. Do you think that there's an element of a classic Jose Mourinho side about this French team in that they they don't have much possession because Morocco had 61% yep. last time. But here's a stat for you because, because I think England had 58% against France and, and it's not like England to have most of the ball against a, a, a very good side. Mm-hmm. In the 2018 World Cup final, bear in mind France won 4-2 very comfortably in the mm. end against Croatia. They had 34% possession in that game. And they us. only had slightly more in the semi-final against... Belgium yeah. as well. So do you think that there's an element, I say, of, of that kind of... I mean, Deschamps might not thank me for comparing his team to a classic Mourinho side, but I do mean that in the best sense because they were successful. But don't have much of the ball. A clinical. Mm. Absolutely love it up them. Mm. Oh, they really do. They're so comfortable defending they, they, deep. They really do. They they, they love the, the battle. And what I think is interesting is if you go back to the last World Cup, actually the two key players, certainly in the semi-final, are Luca Hernandez and Antoine Griezmann. And that's the semi-final and against Belgium. You're against about, when Belgium, they won one nil. Belgium right. were obviously on song. That was their time, really. Their best team. Yes. And they were going forward and they were very aware of Belgium's attack. But I think you look at Luca Hernandez and Griezmann at that point and they they bring their full atletismo and cholismo to the French national team, don't they, Definitely. really? And now Griezmann is... Like gone beyond that, and mm-hmm. is is the most important player in that team, and you know maybe the most important player of this World Cup. Yeah. Okay. So Andy's saying that Morocco. There was a little bit of period. I don't want to put words in your mouth, Andy, but France were fairly comfortable in the end. Do you share that, Luke? Um, I, I think comfortable's like slightly overcooking it. To, to okay. me, to me, it was a it was a kind of <clears throat> classic textbook two nil win yep. from a team that scores early and and, and a better side. And what I mean, yeah, and what I mean by that is, you know. You often see when a team scores early in a game where you know, either team has to win, mm-hmm. the other team have no choice but to come out and then they get yes. caught eventually. And that's basically what happened here. That doesn't tell the whole story because I think Morocco... And, and I find myself saying this quite a lot in this World Cup, so I don't really know why that is. 
Um, maybe it's because I've lost my mind, but <laughs> I just feel like I keep saying on another day it could have been different on a lot of these games. Yes. And I think on a lot another day the France-England game could have been different. On another day, this game could have been different because the, Morocco came so close to scoring on a few different occasions. Yeah. And if they had scored, maybe people feel like, well, France would have just stepped up a gear and could have just gone and done the business. And I maybe, think there's an assumption in that, isn't maybe, there? Maybe yeah. that's, but maybe that's true. Maybe yeah. it isn't. But ultimately, Morocco didn't get it done. They didn't get the job done. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it had a, a feeling of, say, what you alluded to a, a few days ago, where I think straight away you said, well, mm-hmm. France will win this game. And obviously, you are proven to be right. Thank you. But I did. <laughs> and, and that's all I've got to say. Yeah. No, uh, no th- th- it, wasn't, it wasn't like this was mm-hmm. after the Lord Mayor's show. It was a game too far for Morocco. Mm-hmm. They still gave a really good account of themselves. I would also say one mm-hmm. thing that we have to mention mm-hmm. is I think, that, although he's done an amazing job, and it's astonishing to think that it's only his ninth game as the Morocco manager, um, but um, Valid Raguagui ha- made, I thought, some poor decisions. I think he shouldn't have picked size to start the game. I mm-hmm. think that was a, head, a heart of a head decision. Well, they obviously had inju- and injuries and... Well, he, should, one, he, well, he, wasn't, he just wasn't fit. I mean, yeah. it reminded me of that. Was it Diego Costa? Right? So they started in the Champions oh, League final God. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they were so emotionally invested in it mm-hmm. that they just couldn't not pick him. Yeah. I think the bit where you realise that size isn't at the races... France talked a lot before the game about how the straight ball over the top is the way to do Morocco. But you expect that straight ball over the top to be Mbappe, not to Giroud. And when Giroud's streaking away Mm -hmm. with that shot that he hits against the outside of the post, and that goes back to what I was saying about, you know, France could have had this sewn up by Mm -hmm. half-time. That's the point at which you realise, yeah, size can't stay. If if you can't stay with Giroud for pace, there's an issue. But Morocco, at that point... Red admitted it was maybe something he shouldn't have done. Yeah, and that's easy for us to to judge. It's easy for us to be after the event. I get all that. Uh, Having said what Annie's just said, though, um, Morocco didn't want half-time. Five, ten no. minutes before half-time, they were in the ascendancy. It was terrible time in the half-time um, whistle for them. Oh, El Yamik's overhead kick. Well, it could have been... That's a good save, that. The thing is, though, again... It's a really good save. Lloris, was, who's been brilliant at this World Cup, he, he had it covered. But still, what he, an Well, attempt. he saved it. Yeah, there, well, there we are. So he definitely had literally it covered. It'll be unhappy to hear that. I, I think you it, had that covered. Well, I saved it, yeah. so hopefully I did. On another day, you might have saved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and on this day as well. But, um, and I, would, I was also wanted to add as well that in the second half, the change that Deschamps made to move Mbappe through mm-hmm. the middle, I think he took off Giroud and put Turam out wide, yeah. that also took the initiative away from Morocco as well. Morocco, it just felt to me at that point, Morocco just couldn't really deal with that, despite their midfield players, um, Unahi and uh, Amrabat being really good. Throughout the tournament, really, yeah. they couldn't really deal with that. Well, I think Morocco know that it's always nice to have a Marcus in there. They looked at their bench and presumably doesn't have one. Yeah. So they're always going to be up against it. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think some people will be listening to this, Andy, and thinking, well, I, I'm sorry, was I watching a different game? Morocco seemed to kind of batter France and really go at them. They gave a great account of themselves. Oh, they did. In that second half, they went for it. And I think... I think you, you messaged the group, Andy, saying, actually, it's really nice to see Morocco come out because in the previous two games, which of course... It's not their type, type of team no, they play. famous they play, victories. Yeah. Famous victories they've yeah. registered there that they will remember forever, and rightly so, beating two big sides, big European sides as well, um, if that adds a little bit of something to it. Perhaps it does, perhaps it doesn't. But they won those games. Uh, but they were quite compact defensively, and they did what they needed to do to get through. Yeah. Whereas this time they came out, they left Mbappe pretty much to his own devices, and it didn't seem to sting too much until, obviously, I mean, France did get a second I mean, goal, so we can't be silly here. It's, it's, easier to do goal, yeah. it's easier to do that when you've got someone like Hakimi who can make a recovery run to catch up with him. True, and also you, when, when you're already down and you've got nothing yes. to lose because you're already losing the game. But it was 
scintillating stuff at times from Morocco. It was. And I kind of felt that like if this World Cup was a seven-course meal for Morocco, <laughs> I guess for Ziyech and Bufal in particular, mm-hmm. this, this was the cheese platter, wasn't it? This was the <laughs> bit you really earned because they've had to do so many much defensive work. Yeah. Two players who are not especially primed for defensive work. Mm-hmm. And that, again, is a massive hat tip to Regragui that he's managed to get that out of them. And there, they were a little bit more off the leash. And you said about Unai as well, who's just wonderful on the ball. And I'm pretty sure we'll end up turning up in the Premier League at, at some point in January. They, they just didn't have that decisiveness to, to finish it off, did they? No, and you talk about it being sort of a seven-course meal. I mean, to, to, to extrapolate that out a bit, well, clearly that means you're playing the seventh match, which is either the final or the third-place playoff. And clearly the final... Oh, so the, be, was this put and the cheese course is on... Yeah. Well, no, but I think if you get to the, the final... There's an is, obligation to have the cheese course, if, even if you're a bit full up. Yeah, if you're in the final, yeah, then you've got, the, you've got the fondue, fountains, you've got the whole lot. Whereas clearly if you're the third place player, so there's a little choc-ice sun off you go. If, yeah, <laughs> choc-ice on the way out. Yeah, do you know <laughs> what I mean? I, mean, I like a choc-ice, don't get me wrong. You've got to eat the third course at the same time as everyone else. They'll have the same thing. Yeah. Uh, you don't get to choose that. That gets pulled out to you like an amuse-bouche that everyone has. <laughs> And uh, yeah, the seventh, the third place playoff is like in the free shoot at Nando's. <laughs> yeah, or if I was going to say in flat iron where they kick you out the door with the, with the ice cream. That's There's right. There's no dessert menu at all. Yeah, but that's if you refuse to pay, Luke. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, a painful <laughs> metaphor that we really lent into. You, you, yeah. you, you shouldn't be getting kicked out of restaurants, of course. But anyway, um, you know, the story of your life, mate. Um, yeah. I think you're right, Andy, to highlight some of those players. I mean, Amrabat was brilliant in the midfield as well and, and so on. But Antoine Griezmann was brilliant in the midfield for France again, Andy. One of the players of the tournament. You said Andy, but you looked at me. I so did. What do you want? Luke. Okay, fine. Sorry. I'll do it. I'm, yeah. I'll always, don't need to ask me twice. That was odd, that, wasn't um, it? Yeah, it was <laughs> a bit odd, yeah. But he's been outstanding the whole tournament yeah. and, and a lot's been made of the of the kind of slightly changed role he's performed. Um, he's certainly done the work of a number of men uh-huh. because he's had to. <laughs> Uh, and it's been devastatingly effective and you can't take your eyes off him if you're an opposition player for, for a second because he can pop up anywhere. He's obviously technically very good. Defending as well. I mean, he, Paul Pogba got involved on Instagram stories simply saying Griezmann Kante. Yeah. I would like a bit more of a Portman, uh, Portman yeah. Antonio Conte. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a listener, is he? Yeah. Uh, it never strikes me as one, Andy. No, no. I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. He's I mean, a talker. If, if he has been a listener, <laughs> I, I can fully understand why he might have switched off, <laughs> um, particularly on the Graham Souness episode. Yes. Um, but what Paul Pogba actually means there is I don't do that kind of work and I'm playing deeper than him so I don't know, I don't know how he's getting through that as well but yeah you did see him pop up making a couple of interventions in his own half and in, in mm-hmm. his own uh, in, in, in his own third as well and it's just part of what he brings and Andy said he was um, an exponent of a Cholissimo now I know what that means a lot of people listening might know what it means Andy said why don't you explain it dig in ball's not important yeah just uh, keep shape and work your bollocks off basically but he does he does treat the ball as important when he's got it as well so he's got both sides of the uh both sides yeah, of the ball. Yes, he has. I mean, that is the remarkable thing about him. If you look through his career, starts off as a left winger, then goes to being a right winger, then centre forward, both first and second, number 10, mm. then this box-to-box version. A proper goal scorer in centre forward as well. Yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. And there's this idea, and I saw it actually floated on Spanish television mm. yesterday again, that, you know, Diego Simeone has shaped him into... Look, they're kindred spirits. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about that, mm-hmm. Griezmann and Simeone. But Griezmann was Simeone ready when he arrived at Atletico, which very few players are, because he's like, not only do I am I happy with doing the unreasonable amount of work that you're asking me to do, 
I want to see that and raise it a little bit more. Mm. And you see that, you know, when he's like picking up the pieces in his own penalty box last night, it's extraordinary. And yet it creates so many chances in the, in the final third as well. Yeah, no he, one's he created been... more chances than him in the World Cup. Is that right? Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. I, I think the, the, the really interesting thing with him and with Loris, who you were talking about before, he's had mm. a great World Cup mm. and, and, and Giroud as well. That experience, I think, makes a, a massive difference because there's a lot of talk about what France aren't in this World Cup. Mm. And people feel they should be a bit more front foot with the players they've got. Firstly, Deschamps is not about that at all. No. And we've known that from the last World Cup. Or we should know that from the last World Cup. The other thing is, the amount of injuries they've had, mm. and I, I realise Morocco had a few weary legs and, and, and then some coming into this semi-final. They would cause most teams to totally unravel. You look at the players who are out before the World Cup and how they have to reshape around this very inexperienced midfield. And that is the reason that Griezmann is there in the, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the first place. Then you look on the eve of this, even Upamecano and Rabiot go down because yeah. the air conditioning, would you believe? Mm. They get ill what do you from, mean? The, from the air conditioning. What do you mean by that? What do I mean How by that? How do they what? get ill by the air conditioning? I think Andy's you know, trying to peddle a little conspiracy theory. Oh, I'll do as well. Get your oh, no, we'll go on to that in a second. We'll go on to <laughs> that in a second. Matt over here. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You can't just I say wish the... I was that good at penalties. Yeah, but you can't just say the air conditioning made the meal and not explain Stay it. Stay away for that air conditioning. Yeah. That's like boxers in Vegas. Right. They've, 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 got, they've got really heavy colds slash flu and the French team believe it's from the frequent air conditioning. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. There we are. All right. Going from cold to hot, going from cold to hot all the time. Yeah. But any, right. anyway, they lose two, especially Rabio, very, very important players mm. on, on the Why is Rabio's mum not looking after him anymore? Yeah. I know. She right? come around and give him a little um, hot toddy. Lick washer or hot toddy. Yeah, exactly. They're on the yeah. dials, the air conditioning dials. Yeah, exactly. But if and you, you go back to right, right at the beginning where they concede that crappy goal to Australia and Luca Hernandez's tournament is over just yeah. on the spot. And as we said, he's one of the most influential players. There are so many points at which this could unravel. And yet they hold on to it. Yeah. And when you talk about champions and, you know, knowing how to win and all that sort of thing, those are all the things that make you think that they do. You look at Kola Moani coming on and scoring a goal, mm. which is a, a wonderful story in itself. He's had a very good club season. There is no way he is anywhere near this squad, good player as he is, if they haven't had a shitload of injuries. And here he is scoring in a World Cup semi-final. I, I, I think that they've... Yeah, you're right, Andy. And they can produce moments of quality there's no doubt about that and I think that the in the, in the it's, yeah, I think the comparisons are fair from the previous World Cup obviously Deschamps has had to have a little bit of a rethink but you think about that game which we will mention obviously um, in the second half when we talk about Argentina but you, when they beat Argentina 4-3 in the last World Cup and that was flattering uh, to Argentina very flattering but the fact is when the game opened up and, and, and the space was there they, mm. they took it as a thanks very much like yeah. they did in the in, in a previous uh, game against Poland in this World Cup in the second round you know Mbappe smashes those two in because Poland weren't very good mm. and so and, and there's the game there whereas in, in this game and the game against England they don't have that amount of space but if you give up that space they'll just go okay great and if you don't they'll think well our quality will kind of shine through we'll get the job done anyway they're very mm. versatile Mm. And like I say, very comfortable defending so deep. And I know Morocco at times, um, you know, one might say had them on the ropes and so on. But really, it's, it, and a bit like against England, you can't think of that many opportunities. There was a few where you think, oh my God, I can't believe Morocco didn't score like that. Well, the one sitter. off the line, that should have been a goal. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, I, I, I literally that, did that say point, that to, they're 2-0 they're up anyway. But I did, I did, yeah. Fine, but I literally did say that to myself 
while I was watching it, I cannot believe that's not gone but, in. But what I'm saying is they give up a lot of ground and a lot of territory, but they don't actually give away that many chances to France. So Morocco had, you know, roughly commensurate amount of shots on and as, as France mm-hmm. did. I, mean, I know that you can do like, the quality of chances and stuff. Ultimately, France are a better team than Morocco, so it's fine. that mm-hmm. France won 2-0. Morocco gave a great account of themselves. I do think on another day it could have been slightly different. I do think if you give up a goal to a team as good as France that early, whoever you are, mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for you. And Morocco, to, be, to their immense credit, came out and gave it a good go. Uh, and they played in a completely different way than we've seen them play. Yeah. And that takes a lot of fucking bollocks because mm. normally they're not playing that way. And France want you to have the ball. And Morocco are in a position where they have to have the ball because they need to score. Mm. Reg Raggi said uh, after the game, we've given a good image of our country in African football. We were representing Definitely. our continent. People always respected us. and Maybe they will respect us more now. And, oh, uh, and, and he's absolutely right. I think this is, this is a big thing for, for African football, definitely, because I don't think many people at all, other than Samuel Eto'o, thought that they could go this far. Mm. And to get that sort of monkey off their back if you see what I mean I think is I think is important it just shows you that, that it, it just gives that little extra belief it doesn't mean to say that in the next World Cup suddenly an African team is going to do this and, no, no. and how much does um, you know one side uh, from a, a totally different part of the continent take this but you never know even if it gives them an extra 5% you know these are, th- these are things that matter um, but it, certainly for Morocco it gives them full of self-belief you know you can talk about the whole continent but in the context of just the, that own country definitely, th- th- you've seen the support you've seen how um, incredible they are, and that can that can get something going. I mean, Rodrigo also said is that you know we should be qualifying for every World Cup. Now it's difficult because Africa are only given five places, and it's it's a tricky old process. But now they are they'll feel like they're top of the pile in Africa. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and and uh, like I say, the fan base there. I mean, it's just it's, it's well, it was incredible. incredible it was an incredible atmosphere. The, the, um, Rodrigo gave an amazing account of himself in the national anthem as well, which is great oh, to yeah. see. It was passionate and and this game also gave me my favourite commentary moment of the tournament mm-hmm. when Amrabat flew into Kylian Mbappe and the commentator said uh, Amrabat almost dug up three pounds of potatoes there <laughs> 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 because all this, all this turf just went flying yeah. and Mbappe didn't know what had hit him and, and it turned out nothing had hit him because he got out of the way of it in time but he stayed down anyway yeah. um, but that was an incredible uh, incredible bit of a uh, bit of reduction yeah. by Amrabat Did you think Didier Deschamps gave a great account of himself when apparently in the build up to the game he planked planked for an hour straight I'm to relax. I'm currently watching a video of this because I could not believe yeah. that he's planked for an hour straight. Firstly, While being interviewed, by the way. Yeah. Firstly, he's on his forearms. Yeah. What's wrong with that? That's, Secondly, that's, that's a type of plank. Yeah. Second, but it's much easier. Secondly, an hour while being interviewed, Andy. Secondly, oh, it's easy. Don't worry about it. Dave, he's moved into a sphinx on various occasions yeah. as well. Oh. So his 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 core is basically touching the ground. I, I think that's been slightly. Andy went, Marcus. Just so you know, Andy went to hot yoga this morning. Did he? So he's full of beans. Oh, he thinks right. he's the fit. He thinks he's the fitness guy. <laughs> No, I did not say or infer that. Do you know what the record for plank is? It's about nine hours, the record. Mm. Is it? It's incredible. On your forearms? (laughs) I don't know they're on the forearms. Andy, are you the fitness guy? (laughs) He does think he's a fitness guy. It's the first thing he said to me this morning. did hot yoga this morning. And I was was the... the, Well, you say you were the the, the least dickheadish in there, you said. (laughs) Name the the yoga studio, Andy. I look forward to being invited back. Yeah. It was Goldie there. Andy did yoga with Goldie once. Oh my god! Just he stop. did the yoga with Goldie. Don't don't slag off Andy though, as, no. as he, he can get very angry. He's, he, as Goldie would say, temper temper. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't get I wouldn't get very yeah. angry in a yoga situation. No, it's not possible, is it? That's why Didier Deschamps. You look at his no. sang froid. It's excellent. Um, is that what? Sang froid. Sang froid. Sang froid. Oh, yeah. Is that and, what it, another French word? When all said and done, gentlemen, though Morocco have made it through to the third, fourth place playoff. 
on Saturday against Croatia. But um, all joking aside, a Moroccan fan told the BBC after the game, Saturday is what they call a loser's game, but a third-place finish would mean the world to us because we have achieved the unexpected. There are no tears today because we are so proud of what these players have done for the fans and the country. Yeah, and I think if you talk about the third-place playoff being a chock ice, Mark, it's like you did earlier. And I like a chock ice. No, I'm just saying, for them, for the Moroccan yeah. fans and the Moroccan team, mm. it's the most beautiful taste in chock ice ever because no, they never expected to. It's a magnum. It's a, it's a magnum. It's an Arctic roll. It's a, no, it's a magnum. No, it's a magnum. Yeah. Do you not remember Arctic Roll? I do remember Arctic Roll, but it's nothing like a choc ice. It's got sponge in it. And you have it in a bowl with a spoon. So what are you talking about? I'm just reminiscing on old desserts That's that you fine. don't see anymore. You can do that, but don't claim it's a choc ice because it isn't. All right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. My friend once ate a whole Vianetta in a row. Vianetta. For a, for a bet. Yeah. Really? And it cost a pound as well. All right. The Iceland. Anyway, Morocco's <laughs> choc ice is a beautiful taste in choc ice. They should be very proud of what they've achieved. And, um, you know, it's an incredible, incredible thing. It is. It is. Yeah. All right, everybody. Let's have a quick break where we're going to have a mini milk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ramble. Hey, Luke, what's up? My friend Kate has invited us to watch the final this week. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Yeah. Well, Kate and Lionel Messi have invited you to watch this. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it, actually. That's, that's legally binding, isn't yeah, it? I'm He's got to provide to you with yeah. some tickets. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think anything that Messi says in English cannot be taken as gospel. No, exactly. Can he speak English generally? No. No, okay, right. I don't yeah. think he... Can he even speak a few words? Probably not. He's not interested. No, I mean, when he was baiting Vout Veghorst, he did it in Spanish, didn't he? Yeah. So, yes, fair enough. Yeah, because the one who could speak a little bit of English but always kind of 
shied away or, or Ronaldo was big original Ronaldo original, yeah. original Ronaldo he yeah. speaks fine English doesn't he yeah, he, does. he doesn't he bother good English yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that he just doesn't bother well apparently Ronaldinho could speak a little bit of English so, but again never let on because he couldn't be bothered doing the media but I, I know that because a friend of mine once met him in the airport when he was at Barcelona and he was a little chat there's a few oh, um, nice. there's a few words that are universally understood aren't there football English. taxi internet Coca-Cola internet football avalanche Vianetta <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Um, for those of you who've had time, for those of you, <laughs> for those of you who've had time to um, think about um, the ice cream of choice uh, during the ad break, there, when Andy and I are talking about the Magnum for the third mm-hmm. place playoff, we don't mean a triple Magnum, yeah. which I remember as being like a big thing when it came out. Mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to having it, but yeah. it was a bit just a bit too much. Yes. It was too much. Okay. They'd over-egged the pudding, basically, yeah. quite almost quite literally. No, I think the World Cup final is that top section of a fab. Yeah. And then the third place place, maybe the middle section, you think, ah, oh, I do miss the chocolate and the hundreds of thousands. And then anything else in the group stages, you just got that red bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the Betfair expert. I mean, Betfair will be absolutely delighted to coming off the back of that. Absolutely no doubt in my mind. They will be delighted with that. Yeah. Um, so, Betfair, you have come into this segment, uh, into your segment, uh, just after Marcus really scraping the barrel of ice cream mm. and ice lolly chat. Um, it's now time for your. Popular Bet Builder Betfair. With Betfair's Popular Bet Builder, when you bet on the World Cup, you can use Betfair's handy app to place your bet builders and you'll get access to some pretty decent handouts too. On today's Ramble Popular Bet Builder, there's no messing about. We're looking ahead to the big one, the World Cup final, Ooh. Argentina versus France. Andy, your selection is up first. Lionel Messi to score or assist. Mm. Very nice. Very nice uh, very nice selection. Uh, the second selection of the four I'm with trepidation going to say it's from uh, our friend Pete Donaldson. Hello there, Pete here. I am going to go for uh, Argentina, France to be goalless at half time because finals are frequently stinkers. There you go. Yeah. He's looking forward to it. He is. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. I mean, I mean and, so Andy's, Andy's score or assist is going to have to come in the second half for this to come off. Yeah. Not entirely against the, uh, or beyond the realms of possibility, of course. No. No. But Pete is a very, I mean, to be fair, he's not here to defend himself, so I'm not going to go too hard on him, but he's a very negative man. He's an awful human being. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly the kind of thing he would say. Pete's never going to say. That's not my opinion, it's his. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's never going to say, I reckon it's going to be 4 3. He's um, never going to say that. Yeah. Um, so it's not not a huge surprise, Marcus. You've got the third selection. Yes. Um, what's what have you gone for? I think Kylian Mbappe. Uh, I've I've put him down to have at least one shot on target in each half. Nice. I think that's a really good shout. Mm. Really nice. He really relished the uh, the the big occasion. I'm sure, just as he did um, four years ago. Uh, so that's nice. And my pick is the final pick of the four. And I said this from the very start, before the first ball was even kicked. I think Argentina will win the World Cup. So I've gone for Argentina to lift the trophy. So they can, whatever whatever way they do it, all, all it matters for the bet to, to come in on my selection is Argentina just need to lift the trophy. So it can be 90 minutes, it can be 120 minutes, it can be penalties. So mm. in summary, Lionel Messi to score or assist in 90 minutes, under 0.5 first half goal, so nil-nil at half time. Mm-hmm. Kylian Mbappe to have at least one shot on target in each half and Argentina to lift the trophy. It's a big one, this. A £5 bet on this popular bet builder will return £326.74. Ooh. If we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. It's exclusive to the Betfair Sportsbook. T's and C's apply, 18+. Plus. And for more information on responsible gambling, head to begambleaware.org. Marcus, it's back to you. It's back to me, baby. Uh, yes, it is Argentina versus France in the World Cup final. 
of course. So as we've heard, Luke, you are backing Argentina to win. And that flies in the face of what Andy and I think is going to happen. Yeah, well, that's good. That's, that makes for good content. Yes. Um, I've, all, I've just thought they've got something about them since the very start. I, I, when we were preparing for the World Cup, I looked, took a bit of a look at what they've been doing leading up to the World Cup. Of course, everyone knows the stat about the amount of games they've gone <clears> unbeaten. The Copper America win was a big monkey off their back. I think so as well. And that gives them confidence, gives them momentum. And I've, they, I said to Andy um, a few days ago when we were on the show, I said, I just, I just see them as a team who are better than people think. They get it done. They don't mind doing the dirty work. And they've got this X factor with, with Messi, who Andy himself said that, you know, he's gearing himself up to be physically in great condition for the, for, for, for the World Cup. For a while now, yeah. Yeah, and then what he did in that, um, mm. in that semi-final to poor old Gvardiel is going to live in his... <laughs> I mean, he's still replaying that in his mind now, probably. Mm. Uh, incredible performance from Messi. He really kind of stepped up. And I think he's had an experience, a negative experience of a World Cup final in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives him the motivation as well. And I think he's still got it in him to do, um, to do what he does when those 10 players around him are all kind of like him are okay for it to happen and really want to make it happen for everyone but know that he's the guy who provides the extra. It's, it's all set up nicely isn't it? For... And I think France are vulnerable. I, I, do, I do think France are vulnerable. We didn't talk about Tio Hernandez in the first mm-hmm. half obviously scored the goal and I should, mm. probably should front up on that because I've said he was, I don't think he's very good. Yeah but that's not that doesn't Well, no, but did, didn't I still we say, don't think he's yeah, very good. Doesn't, yeah, take <laughs> didn't, away. Didn't, didn't we say or I said right at the start of of this before the World Cup started on, on, on OTC. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. <laughs> I, I, I said, Teo Hernandez in a back four defensively, it, his positioning is all over the shop. I, I mean, he's typical younger brother. You know, mm. Luca is belt and braces, great defender. Whereas Teo Hernandez, he adds a different, he's, he's a terrific player. He adds a completely different dimension to France in an attacking sense. It would probably be better for all concerned if he was doing that as a wing back with a back three. And they were doing that until the point where Kante and Pogba got injured, which meant they shifted at the last minute to this back four in, in, instead, which sort of changed how they, they do things. But, you know, I've, I think that, you know, France are definitely vulnerable because well, like we said, they've, they've had to roll with so many punches in this World Cup. But Argentina, ideally you're not workshopping stuff during a major tournament. Yeah. They've actually had to do that. If you look at how different they are from the team that started against Saudi Arabia, but because it's been for the benefit of Messi, and it's really working for the benefit of Messi, it's okay. Mm. Tio Hernandez actually said last night that Messi doesn't scare us, which is interesting. Um, Does he mean he doesn't play on the right anymore? About to say, yeah, he's on the other side of the pitch to me, so I'm fine, thank you thank very much. <laughs> thank goodness for that. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. I, you say France have have been tested clearly they have I would argue that Argentina haven't really and I know this yeah. is the, this sort of oh they've I been agree tested. With we, we talk about oh they haven't been tested they haven't been tested. They've, yeah. they've dropped themselves in the ship from seemingly impregnable positions yeah I, think... I, I, I don't feel that, that not only do I not think they're a vintage side I think that their game management is very questionable they should have won those two games against Australia and the Netherlands really easily yeah and they inexplicably made it quite difficult for themselves. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think Argentina have got a bit of a glass jaw. And... But, but but Luke Luke is right in that their performance against Croatia was comfortably their best of the competition. It was, and it, and, and, and it was a lovely old job for them. You know, you, you win the semi-final at a canter. You could argue it was done in the first half. You bring on a few subs and you they have an extra day's rest. I think Argentina have surprised maybe a few people and they and, and some people will have thought no because there is a sense of destiny that's certainly that people were talking about that before the tournament their team spirit 
their their work rate and all that kind of stuff has all come together. And I give them immense credit for taking this opportunity. We often talk about England yeah. not taking opportunities. They have. So when we say, well, it was only Australia and it was a poor Netherlands side and Croatia went at the... They took it and, and you've a, got to take them and they did. They're still there. And yeah. I, I think you guys, Andy articulates how he feels about it. The other way of looking at it is that, you know, I, I watched, so when Argentina lost to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. it was at 5am when I was in the US at the time. So I had to watch it back and I'd already heard all the chat about it and the mm-hmm. fact that they lost and it was a huge deal. When I saw it cold, I was like, well, they've probably had a bit, about six or seven minutes of poor concentration straight after half time mm-hmm. and could see a two goal. Yeah. It's a bit of a freak one. And they were good apart from that. Mm-hmm. They were dominated the game. Against Netherlands, they were the better team. Netherlands created absolutely nothing until about, eight, so until about 80 game. minutes in. And, and, and it was a hugely emotional, it, it became a hugely emotional game for a reason I don't fully still understand. But if you see the way that Martinez reacted afterwards, the way Messi reacted afterwards, even though they'd won the game, it was quite a strange one. So that was a bit of an anomaly and Argentina got through it anyway. Croatia, they absolutely battered them and Croatia, you know, really, their chickens really came home to roost in my opinion. They've been unimaginative and a little bit overrated the entire tournament. Um, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is that they're a team who've grown into the tournament. When they found it tough, they've got it done. They've come into this mm-hmm. tournament on an unbeaten streak, which is absolutely phenomenal. To, to me, given that France have got obvious frailties and given that, you know, Messi played like he played in the semi-final. I, I, again, I think this is, a, I feel the same way about this game as I felt about the England-France game. It's a 50-50 game. So you talk about France's frailties and you're right to, but I'm telling you that Argentina have got frailties and they just haven't really been pushed. And the reason why they haven't been pushed is because against Saudi Arabia, you've talked about that game, everyone, certainly I did, fancy them to beat Mexico and Poland because Mexico and Poland were very disappointing. Very. Against Australia, they made hard work of what was a fairly straightforward It should have been a 3 or 4 nil game, really, shouldn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. They made very hard work of a very disappointing Netherlands uh, performance in, in that game. And then against, but I don't think they did make hard work of that. Well, they clearly did because they took it to penalties and they were 2 nil so, up. So there were, but there was a situation where... But that's, I don't think that tells the story of the game. I think 2 nil up, they're cruising. They're, they're a much better that's team. That's the point, that it doesn't tell but, the story but, of the game, but, but, but I you, think. What I'm saying is you can look at it another way. You can mm-hmm. go... They were 2-0 up. Mm-hmm. They were the better team. Yeah. They got undone by some kind of weird emotional investment where Netherlands scored two goals, the second mm-hmm. of which was completely ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. And then extra time becomes extra time and you're like, shit, we can't let this go. And it becomes yeah. a whole new challenge, which they then, of course, met. Totally. So, And I give them credit because if you want to go to a final of a tournament, chances are you'll have to win a penalty shootout. Now, France mm. haven't had that, but but Argentina have. Mm. And, and again, I give them credit. They got into that penalty shootout and they never looked like they were going to lose it. So again, the, the, all the credit in the world there, my, my point is that no one has really gone at them. No one has really tested that defence. No one like... A, um, a forward like Giroud has come up who can actually do something and, and score goals. The only one is Valt Vikost who's got a couple. But again, Croatia was so ponderous and didn't have much cutting edge. Despite their impressive performances, again, no disrespect to them, they've reached a semi-final of a World <laughs> Cup. <laughs> the, 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 biggest, the, the saddest indictment against them is that Valt Vikost scored two against them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying I'll though, be most disappointed about that yeah, if I was there. France have come across better teams, I think, than... Argentina, England and Morocco, the way they pushed France and France still came through it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was as comfortable as some may make out or whether it wasn't, you, you know, you, you can argue but, the but, what, what is it? What is indisputable is they have shown a greater level of emotional control than Argentina. Definitely. And I, yeah, think, but that, that, I, think, that, I think that's vital for that, the final. But, I think that can work both ways. But Argentina, well, both. well, I was about to say, so, so to, to back up your point about Argentina going to win, the fact is that they do make it such an emotional affair 
And they, they've ridden that all the way to the final. Now, I would argue that perhaps they've not played the best, but they've still got there. That's the point. You find yourselves in a final. It's a 90-minute football match, possibly 120 minutes. Anything can happen. And they've got quality in Messi, of course, and one or two other players. But the way they've set up has been well. And, and they changed it up tactically against the Netherlands to show that there's a little bit of flexibility there. But I think with Griezmann doing bits... And I think with, with Giroud and Mbappe and Dembele, and if Rabio comes back to the final, these are players that they've not really come up against. Uh, you, know, you know what you need? You need an extra striker up your sleeve. That's yeah. what you need. Well, Andy, that brings us on nicely, doesn't it? Because apparently Real Madrid have given Karim Benzema a position to travel back to Qatar for the final because it looks like he's available to play. That's amazing. I, I didn't even ever consider that would be possible. Imagine if they started him instead of Giroud. <laughs> Well, you've had you've had one. You've had a World Cup. You've had win. a good run. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if you've scored goals. I mean, it's, it, surely it's one of those situations that presents more problems than it solves, right? Because France are in the final. They're mm. doing well. They don't really have any problems to solve. And Benzema comes along, presumably with a bit of an ego on him, wants to be a part of it. That is a test of a man of man management for Didier Deschamps, right? Mm. Nice to have up your sleeve. I suppose. I mean, it's, it's like play, that. It's like that thing. In, oh, I think it's incredibly unlikely. Right? I yeah. think it's more likely to be as support for the squad. Mm-hmm. But you know, that there was, I'm sure I've talked about it before, the, the bug that was on FIFA 99 where you could bring players in and bring them on at half time. Right. So like, I, I remember like going to the bathroom, my friend like bringing on Batistuta <laughs> and Ronaldo from the bench having, yeah. having just co-opted them into his team while I was in the bathroom. Right. Okay. You reckon yeah. they might do that? Batistuta and, Ren- and the original Ronaldo. <laughs> well, they're there. Yeah. I mean, come on. Everyone's there in those big armchairs, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly. Oh, and speaking, of, um, speaking of watching the game and the fans, I mean, Argentina will have come better on. fans. And with regards to the fans in um, Argentina, did you hear that a man in Buenos Aires was reportedly so desperate to get home for the start of the semi-final uh, against Croatia that he stole a bus to speed up his journey? There's a tiny bit more to it than that, but it's still ultimately bus You, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> There are people on it. Well, there was. They were held up at a traffic light, and the bus driver is said to have nipped off to buy something in a kiosk. And he shouldn't be doing that at a traffic light. Shouldn't be doing that. No. I mean, I, I like. No one's coming out of this for any credit. Why is he doing that? It's, it's irresponsible on on every single level. Even if there's no football match on. Yeah. Uh, and one fan was like, "Well, I'm not having this." Uh, and off he went. The, the passenger reportedly made it uh, a four kilometres before stopped being stopped by the authorities. But did he do the stops? On the way, yeah, that's a good. We need to clarify that because if he's doing the stops on the way, he's not actually getting home. And quicker. if he looked like Keanu Reeves, now we're talking. He's, he gets on the. He gets, <laughs> yeah, he gets on the PA. Good news for everybody who lives near me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He might have stitched a load of people right up. Oh, who is it? Oh, it's, it's Dave. Uh, yeah, he lives two streets down from me. Crack on, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> you've gone past my house. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear me. So yeah, so it, it, it'd be an incredible final, and oh, uh, it's a fantastic. proper showpiece. That you've got two Definitely. huge football. I didn't nations. want it to be France Croatia again. I thought it'd be a bit boring. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, but it, but it's not going to be that, and that's that's a great thing. It would have been Morocco, Argentina would have been for, for, from a fan point of view, that would have been something oh, yeah. you know. With, with they've travelled in numbers, and, and the Messi would be thinking, if I can't get it done today, yeah. I'm never going to get it done. Exactly, exactly. But it's the last roll of the dice for big for big Lionel. So well, he said it's his last World Cup, which is you know, which is quite obvious. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there we are, yeah. um, gentlemen. Before we go, uh, the debate over the position of the England manager is sort of rumbling on. If we can just finish with a little bit of chat there, um, obviously Southgate hasn't made a decision yet, and it will be his decision, and whether that's in the next sort of few weeks we, we will find out whether he wants to stay on and you know Luke and I certainly have been very unequivocal of the fact we want him to stay on and I'd imagine you're the same Andy and if you're not you can get lost Yeah. Um, but uh, there, there have been a couple of people linked to the job Thomas Tuchel and Maurizio Pochettino uh, are being linked um, Jamie Carragher and others have been saying that uh, the England manager should always be English 
uh, which the Right Honourable Richard Keyes took issue with, saying, um, what sort of nonsense is this? It borders on racism. The England coach should be the best person available. England should not hide behind closed borders and mines. I love it when Keyes thinks, hang on a minute, there's the moral high ground, and yeah. he just gets it wrong. Yeah. He also, if you, if you just scroll back a bit, a few years ago, Richard Keyes did exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, I mean, the man is an absolute mess. Hunts with the hounds and runs with the wankers. <laughs> uh, Jamie Carragher replied, it borders on racism, quoting Keyes. I hope you send similar tweets to a lot of the journalists you have, who have the same opinion, or is it because I work for Sky? You were a sad, desperate man. P.S. Love the blogs. <laughs> <laughs> the last bit's the best bit there. Yeah. Oh, dear. It's nice, isn't it? Because you, you basically really flipped, reversed it on the listeners there, because you said you are going to start talking about a girl's Southgate, yep. and it was just a little Trojan horse, wasn't it, to get a bit of Keyesy chat Indeed in Indeed it was. But yeah. got, so what are your thoughts then? Uh, it, I mean, Southgate will move on at some point, of course, so whether it's in the next no. few weeks. No. Or in 10 years. You're no. not letting him move on. No. I'd, I would love him to stay for 100 years. No, I think, <laughs> I think at some point, whether it's, um, you know, uh, Southgate's decides to step down, mm-hmm. you know, or, or indeed he, he leaves after the years or whatever it is, Andy. Um, do you think that a foreign manager is okay for England or do you think... I, I... think I think a foreign manager is okay for England, uh-huh. but I think there's a little bit of confusion in that when people are saying, I want whoever it is who's the best person for the job, they think it's the best coach out there, period. Exactly. So whether, whether that be... Tuchel or Pochettino and you know what I I don't think the best coach out there on a global level is the best coach for the England job Yeah, just as I wouldn't particularly think Gareth Southgate was a good choice for Manchester City or Liverpool if we're talking in a a post-England Well he was linked to Manchester United Yeah which I I, I think Yeah to me that doesn't make any sense at all No I, I think we've been there with Capello before. Mm -hmm. The idea of plugging someone in, and especially someone as twitchy and hyperactive as Tuchel. (laughs) I'm sure inactivity for a couple of months will really agree with him. Yeah, right. It it, it seems to me completely bizarre, this idea that, you know, you need this short, sharp shock to push Mm. England over the hump. I don't think that's true at all. Like I said, in terms of the performance against France, Mm -hmm. I don't think... They could have done much differently. He's clearly learned a lot tactically. The, the, he it's, learns it's, every tournament. It's moved on. Yeah. I would, I would agree with that. And also, I think coaching England, it's about the reason that Southgate is good is not just because of his human side. It's because having been the head of elite development, having been the under twenty ones coach, he understands the whole process. And good process eventually equals good results. I think he's on that sure. Yogi Love sort of trip that I Indeed. think I think England will get there eventually, like I like agree. you do. So for me, but if he was to leave though, Andy, so I understand. So for, to for me, if he was to leave, yeah, like the obvious replacement straight away, if he doesn't take everyone with him, is Steve Holland. Well, okay, and that, that's, I mean, that's not that's not a sexy name, but I think the right, you might know him as Steve Netherlands, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah the, well, the, the right the right next appointment mm-hmm. for England will not be a sexy one. You can't go back to Sven or Capello times from from where wow, we are. You've gone too far there. Obviously, don't be saying also, that to a man like Also, he's just been never. he's just been appointed um, sporting director for a club in the. Um, Swedish second division. As he so. just. Yeah. Come on. You can't um, keep him down. Has he, he not given you a ring, Marcus? Oh, come on, Andy. Uh, he doesn't have a phone number uh, on him. Um, <laughs> he's only on, 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 on Hindi. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but I, so, Andy, I think what you're saying there is that that we should refrain from going for the um, the sort of the big sexy saucy option, yes. which, which will inevitably yes. be a foreign coach. Which I which I I, I tend to agree. Um, it's not the nationality. Sure, it's, it's I, the yeah. thinking behind what sort of coach it should be but that it, I have the issue with, and therefore it is more likely yes to be a, a, an English yes. candidate. Luke, what, what, what do you feel on that? This idea it should be English, or do you think best best person for the job, whoever that may as, be? As far as I know, and you know, Andy mentioned Yogi Love there, mm. and uh, I think I'm right in saying Yogi Love came in as part of a process, and he was an assistant for a while, right? He, he was assistant to Jurgen Klinsmann, That's and, right. and then steps up, which was where so, the where the Holland suggestion comes from. Which yeah, but is what the FA tried to do with Stuart Pearce and Capello, which obviously didn't work. Well, it won't. Surpri- yeah, well, exactly. It won't surprise anyone to know the FA, as far as I know, have done nothing towards succession planning. Um, for Gareth Southgate uh, and McLaren was another one which they tried to do that as well yeah but they've done mm. but that's not the point I'm making the point mm. I'm making is they've done nothing towards succession planning to mm-hmm. a post-Southgate uh, world that England will inevitably find themselves in at some point yeah. um, which is negligent and it's the latest example of negligence from that organisation who are not really fit for purpose <laughs> that Gareth Southgate is the best thing that ever happened to the FA mm-hmm. in, since I've been watching football and I wouldn't be surprised if Southgate, if he does decide to move on, which I really hope he doesn't, mm. genuinely hope he doesn't. But if he does, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a good bloke about it and says, look, I'll try and help line up who the successor is going to be. Uh, I would like him to stay through to the end of his contract. I think Andy's right about the idea that if you look at not just Yogi Love's mo- um, uh, journey with Germany, but also Deschamps' journey with France, they're quite similar. Imagine for a long time, you know, had to deal with disappointment along the way and eventually got there. I think England are on exactly that path. Doesn't mean they'll win anything because it's not how it works, but it gives us the best chance of doing so. Um, Sadly, I don't have any faith at all that the FA will make the right decision after Southgate goes when he inevitably goes. I just hope it isn't soon. I just think we haven't Mm -hmm. haven't got to deal with it right now because Mm. what he's been able to do there is really completely overhaul what the England team is, what it represents, how it plays, how it conducts itself, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I think the way he's been able to do that is not just because he's a thoughtful guy who thinks about the big picture and, and imp- is able to implement the changes he, he, he he's, he's implemented. He's got Steve Holland doing the tactics. who's a really well-respected coach as well. So that's part of the team. But also, I feel like what hasn't been mentioned enough is the reason Southgate was able to change it is because in a weird way, he was also kind of part of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. He was part of that legacy of disappointment with England. Mm-hmm. And when he, to- when he talked about the legacy of disappointment, when he talked about the mistakes that were made, and when he talked about the regrets, it felt really authentic. Yeah. And Agreed. it felt like a Agreed. passionate and yeah. actually really powerful way mm-hmm. of, of trying to address what needed to change almost from within. And he could say, look, the reason we need to do this is because I was part of it and I yeah. know what it was like and that's why it can't be the same again. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would also say that I, I do think that the um, overall, I think it should be a change that that I think the English, I think the England manager probably should be English. I think mm-hmm. it's probably better if it is, not because I have any issue at all with mm-hmm. us employing foreign people. Yeah, no, no, of course, uh, but not, yeah. just because I think you know it kind of feels like it's, it's more, more practical. It's a more natural fit as well. Yeah. I mean, the players have to be. So I yeah. mean, yeah. So we're saying Frank Lampard, are we? <laughs> well, Andy was hanging around with Tim Sherwood yesterday, so maybe you could any insight on that? I look, look, I'll I'll put in a good word for him. Any time, okay. okay. any time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, Andy. The only other, the only one I would say who was was being linked that I wouldn't mind, who's not English, but he's Northern Irish, of course, his brother Brendan. Oh, Brendan yeah. Rodgers. This is, this is why this can't happen. Why? Because you fucking start talking about Brendan Rodgers all the time. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah. Sven is his assistant. 
God, what a sexy duo. Yeah. Um, well, gentlemen, uh, one country that currently on the hunt for a new manager, of course, is Belgium. Uh, and the official job advert for the position of men's team head coach is up on the Belgium FA. I saw website. it, I read it. Yeah, I read it. Yeah, for it's all there. You, you can apply for it. I employ you to do so. Um, if, though, you have these credentials, because according to the advert, any candidate should be extremely ambitious and have the necessary top-level international experience. They should also be described as a serial winner with experiencing um, with experience of managing top players. Until you got to that last sentence, I was going to say, I won't be in for OTC next week, unfortunately. <laughs> serial winner. Serial winner, Andy Brassel. Serial yoga. There we are. <laughs> <laughs> serial serial least, least dickhead in hot yoga. Which is a kind of win. Hey, are you see Andy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no show tomorrow, everybody. There will be no Football Ramble podcast tomorrow. If you just cannot wait to hear from us again, remember there are over a hundred bonus episodes waiting for you on our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash football ramble. We'll be back first thing on Saturday to preview that uh, delicious Arctic roll of a playoff between Morocco and Croatia or Chalk Ice yeah. or Zoom Mini Milk. Twister. Twister, yeah, all the uh, all of that. Um, so yes get yourselves over there and of course we'll be talking about the World Cup final as well that will be on Sunday evening thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble part of the Acast Creator Network it's been an absolute pleasure thank you Luke Moore thank you thank you Andy Brassel thank you thank you ladies and gentlemen cheers in The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network 